Hallelujah. What a blessed day it is. Hallelujah. So today is our last day in just in the in just in same spirit of the celebration that we're celebrating today. We are just using the last sermon of living well to love well. And so before we start, I just want to say a short prayer. Hallelujah. Lord, we just praise your name, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for where you have brought us as a church. God, where you are bringing us to. And we look to you with anticipation, oh God. And we rejoice, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And I pray, oh God, that today, Lord, just as just sharing this short word, Lord God, that you would just touch the hearts, Lord, and open up the, the eyes to see, the ears to hear, oh God, what you would say, oh God, to your church today. Hallelujah. Amen. So today, Pastor Mon has officially become our senior pastor. And this is a day of celebration and transition. And so God has done so much for this church. He has done so much for our pastors and for People here individually, God has done so much. And God is now bringing us into a new season. And with all that is transpiring in history at this very moment, God shows that it would be fitting for us to experience this transition and this change. You see, God doesn't bring change just to bring change. And we can see that, and we saw this in the life of Moses and of Joshua, and we're seeing this in our church. God didn't make just bring a change just because it was, you know, he felt like it was time. God has a plan and a purpose. And so what we understand is that God doesn't just change leadership because it is time. And I believe that he is also um, changes his leadership sometime, at times to bring us into a new place, as he did with Moses and with Joshua. Moses' calling when he was the leader of Israel was to build and establish and bring order in chaos. And Joshua's calling was to bring the people forward into the promised land. And we see this also with many different uh, leadership changes in the Bible. David established peace and brought people to victory. Solomon brought them to build the house of the Lord and to worship. Paul was called to plant the churches. Timothy was called to shepherd it. So leadership change is not just an end, uh, just, it's not just an end of something great. It is the beginning of God bringing growth to his church in a much needed area so that it doesn't become stagnant. If the people of Israel had stayed in the desert, they would not have grown to the people that they, God had called them to be. And if Paul had remained at that, at that church, then God would not have been able to do that work. Or you could, I mean, God, nothing's impossible to God, but this was the plan of God in order to bring. So there is a call on a person's life, but there's also a call on a church. And it is a to bring us forward in growth. So what is the call for, uh, for us as a church on, just at this moment? And what is part of our pastor's call? And like I said, I touched briefly on, you know, on, on just the journey of Moses and Joshua. As I mentioned, you know, even last week that it takes, God gave him a word and he said, you know, that he says, be strong and courageous. And not only did he say this once, he didn't say it twice. He said it over and over and over again. Change requires strength and it requires courage. But where we find our strength is not in ourselves, but in Christ. And so 
I do believe that it is only in God and only in Christ that we find true courage. And that's, God always started the premise with saying, I will be with you, therefore be strong and courageous. And as a church, God is saying, I will be, the, I will be with you and I will accompany you along this journey, therefore be strong and courageous. And as we have heard God speak and admonish through many different uh, godly world leaders, you know, things are not going to get easier in this day and age. And we will require, to, God is going to give us the grace and mercy, but God also knew, he knows at this very moment who he needs to be leader of our church. He knows who he needs to be present in your life at this very moment. Because he knows that the days to come will be not easy. And so what I love about this journey with Joshua, because it is kind of in a sense a little similar as to what we're going, God spoke into Joshua's life, but he was speaking not just to Joshua, but he was speaking the same message to the body as a whole because we are a body of believers. And God wants to speak the same thing to the leaders as he wants to speak to the church. Deuteronomy 31 verses 3 says, The Lord your God, and this is God speaking to the people. He says, The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. God is saying, I am with you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. And in this instance, you know, like Bishop Ull said, it isn't people who establish leaders, it is God who establish them. And he says, God says, Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. And in Deuteronomy 31 verses 5, he says, the Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded to you, be strong and courageous. And he's speaking to Joshua. So he's spoken it to the people. He speaks to, to Joshua. And he says, you know, do not be afraid or terrified because of the, the difficulties. Don't be terrified of the difficulties that are, that are coming ahead. Because as we've heard, persecution is just at the door. But we do not need to be afraid. We do not need to be terrified because we know that our God goes before us. And he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. And then it says in verse 7, Then Moses summoned Joshua, and he said to him, In the presence of all the people of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. In this day, day and age, it isn't our own wisdom that is going to keep us going. It is the word of the Lord. And we see here God, God speaks his word over and over because he knows that nothing can keep them but him. Nothing can keep them in the midst of the difficulties, in the battles that are ahead of them, except his word. What God says he is, he is. What God says he will do, he will do. We can trust that word. And so God speaks first to his people, be strong and courageous. They would need that sustaining word. And God is saying, in, in essence, here is the leader that I have chosen I want you to be strong and courageous because I am going with you. I'm in on this decision. 
you can be strong and courageous because I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then God speaks the same message to Joshua. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, do not be afraid. Don't be led by your fears. And sometimes we're afraid of leadership because we're afraid of people. But I want you to, to understand that it isn't people who place people in authority. It is God. And we can trust God. So we're not putting ourselves at the mercy of human beings. We're putting ourselves at the mercy of God, and that is a safe place. And so we can trust God. And God is asking you today as fellow believers, as fellow members of this church, not to be led by your fears, by, by, by the word of God, but by his, his presence and knowing that he is calling you to be courageous and to stand strong. In Deuteronomy 31, again, 14, you see this is the, the place of commission. Now, you know, Moses has this conversation with people, and God has this conversation in front of the people, but then God calls Moses and Joshua to an intimate place where God reassures Moses and Joshua of the commission that he is sending them on. It wasn't just for show. It wasn't just to promote someone or for popularity's sake. It, God was saying, I know, what, I know what I'm asking of you, Joshua. I know that this burden is heavy. Leadership, the, the burden of leadership is a heavy uh, burden to bear. But with Jesus, we know that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. And that we know that, uh, that going with him means that he carries us through, but he also understands the weight of the responsibility. And so Joshua needed to know that it was God's calling him to that place. And we see it in verse 14. The Lord said to Moses, Now the day of your death is, is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. And the Lord gave his command personally to Joshua. So it wasn't just giving it to, to Joshua's leader saying, this is the way that, this is the guy you need to pick. And then God spoke specifically to Joshua saying, you're the one that I'm choosing. And he says, be strong and courageous. He commands him, be strong and courageous for I will bring, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath and I myself will be with you. God doesn't send our leaders on their own. He accompanies them. He accompanies them along the journey. And God has called our pastors and he has accompanied them. And I've seen God move. It doesn't mean that they don't go through suffering. Actually, being in a position of leadership means that you go through more suffering than others. If you are if your knee is bowed to God, that means that suffering is just at the door. But it does mean that God's presence goes with their with them. And you might wonder, like, what would motivate someone to take up to say yes to God? But there is there is a discovery of who God is in the midst of all of that. You get to know God intimately, but you get to see the victory that God gives people. Joshua was uh, walked alongside every tribe as they conquered the land and inherited what God had already promised them. And our pastors walk alongside, our leaders walk alongside, and you must wonder why would they spend and, and sacrifice their time, but it is to see the glory of the Lord. It is to see the work of God in other people's lives. And you know, as Jesus said, you know, he says, the work of my Father, that's my water and bread. That's what I live for. 
And when you get to taste and see what God has done in other people's lives and you're willing to lay down your life and walk alongside others, then you get to experience the glory of God, His power and His might and His transforming power. And you get to experience relationship on a deeper level than ever before. And there's that growth, but growth has a cost. So Joshua had been called by God, commissioned by God to accomplish what God had had as a purpose, and that is to bring them into a land and help them advance and gain territory and walk in their inheritance. How many of us have had our pastors walk alongside of us and they got to see us lay hold of the inheritance that Christ has given us? And some of us would not, if, if we were not obedient and submitted to what God was, was leading our leaders to say and do uh, for us, we would, not have, we would not be experiencing that victory today. God calls us to submission. And so God has called us. He's commissioned us as well. And God has invited us to a place where he brings down the walls and he defeats the enemy. And some might say, you know, I have found Christ for myself and it is enough for me. But God has not saved you so that you can be comfortable with your personal eternity. God has called us as for something so much greater. And we see that in Joshua 1. You know, God commissions the people to, to take the land. But, you know, you have this, the, this part of Israel, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They were on the other side of, of the Jordan, and they had already had their land. And they're saying, you know, we could be good, and we're comfortable. We've already gotten what we think we need in this life. And that should be sufficient. But, no, God commissions them. God commissions you. You might say, well, I've already accepted the Lord. I already have my relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to stay in my corner. But God has called you for something so much greater. And so we see here that Moses had warned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He says he had warned them that they couldn't just stay on this side of the Jordan while their brothers and sisters fought the battle to to inherit their portion of the land. God has not called you. He hasn't just given you your portion so you can sit there and watch your brothers and sisters struggle. God wants you to join them in the fight, in the battle, so that they can inherit the land. As our pastors have walked alongside, as Joshua walked alongside, and he invited, said, Reubenites, take up arms. We need you by our side to fight. We're in this together. And so we see how Now God commissioned Joshua through Moses, and now God commissions these tribes through Joshua. And he says, but to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives and your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. And he's not just saying follow behind them. He says go ahead of them. We have had victories. For, for those who of us who have had victories, let us go ahead of the battle and walk alongside our brothers and sisters because we know what the fight looks like. So he says here, until the Lord gives them rest, and he has done for you, and uh, as he has done for you, and until they, ha- they too have taken possession of the land of the Lord, 
your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the the Jordan. So what is the commission that God gives us as a church? To go beyond our little circle of needs, to reach this community for Christ, to bring Christ to this community. And this is part of the call that God has given Pastor Mona. But he has not just given the call to her individually. He has given this call to us as a church. And so God gave the commission, but now he requires submission. Joshua obeyed God and then commissioned the people to obey God. Not just to take the land, but to follow, not do it their own way, but to do it God's way. And so he speaks to the people, says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law of Moses. So God speaks to Joshua in this sense. He says, be careful to obey all the law my, Moses, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I think that this is what God is repeating over and over to us as a church. Be strong and courageous. And the people responded, the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh responded. And the answer, Joshua says, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. They recognized that it wasn't just about Joshua being a leader, it was about God's call on Joshua as the leader. It was his God's presence on Joshua that, that they could follow. And so he says, and they kind of go a little extreme, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And the people say back to Joshua, only be strong and courageous. We'll follow you. As long as you walk in the might and the courage that God has already promised you, we will follow you. And there's blessing that comes alongside of that. In Deuteronomy 28, verses 9, you see the promise of blessing in the obedience that God promises his people. He says, The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. You know what? There is nothing that makes a leader more glad, more rejoicing than a people who will obey what God has asked them to do. Because we see as leaders, as as Pastor Mona has seen, there's nothing that grieves her heart more than to see some people suffer for, you know, uh, uselessly. When we see people suffer over and over and over again, our heart grieves because we want them to experience the victory that Christ has already promised them. And so God, you know, commissions the people, and he calls, but he calls them to blessing. And he says here, he says, Then all the peoples on earth will see 
that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. And the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb and the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. God wants to give blessing, but not just tangible blessing, everlasting blessing to your life. But he also wants the people of this earth to see that you are called by his name. As we walk according to the obedience that God has has commissioned us to. Charles Stanley says, avoiding submission to God results in wasted years of chasing after his blessing through our own cunning. True freedom and blessing are found only in being slave to God who is always good, wise, and loving. In obedience to his will, we find freedom from sin, answers to prayer, and a a new desire that comes from a changed heart. And so God is calling you to, he is calling us, you know, as a church. He's commissioning our pastor. And by virtue, he's leading us in a different place. Uh, And a place forward. You know, and God is also, you know, calling us to be courageous. He's calling us to be submitted. And then he's calling us to walk in the blessing of the Lord. And so God is also commissioning us as a church to live well, to love well. And I think that as long as we walk according to the commission that God has given us, we walk in submission, we will walk in the blessing, but then we will love well and we will live well. And then they will see God's glory. And so he has he has established a leader and he is now and he is calling us to follow. This involves your freedom, your neighbor's freedom and a greater closer closeness to God. And so I just I just want to take a moment just to to glorify God because of what he has done. He has done great things. He has done great things in all of us. And it's just by virtue of you being here, you know, like, like Bishop Houle said today, you're not here and you're not in the position that you are because you chose it to be. You're not here because the pastors chose it to be. You're here because God called you to be here. And he's brought you to this body for a specific reason. You know, we choose to walk in it or not. But you know that in order to love well, we need to live well. That means that we walk according to what he's called us to. And it will have a great impact, not just on the people in this body, but in your community, in your families, in your work ethic, in all that your hands are laid to. So I just want to finish off in praying for our pastors, our journey, and for for you as well. I want you to take that time to consider what God has commissioned you, you to. And all, you know, last week I talked about all the things that keep us from walking in that calling. I want you to continue to persevere in seeking God. God, what are those stumbling blocks that keep me from walking in the fullness and walking together with this body? Let me just pray as we close. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. God, you are so good as we sang today. And we thank you for your spiritual blessing and your provision for this church. And Lord, I want to pray, God, for the future of this church. 
God, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know, God, if we'll even be able to continue meeting in this very building. But God, that isn't the determining factor for your church. And we thank you, God, that you are greater than anything and everything. And that your church can move out, move on without a building. It can move on without anything, God. It is, it is you who bring us forward. But help us, Lord to respond as the Gadites and the Reubenites responded saying, we will obey, we will follow, we will go where you lead us, God, and we will listen to what you, to the leadership that you have established. And so, Lord, I pray blessing. I pray protection over this church, God. I pray protection over the unity over this church. I pray, oh God, protection for our pastors and all the future decisions that are just awaiting, Lord. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray.